You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. And I'm your host, Jason Cook. And today we've got our guest or our uh, presenter today is David Leo. So today is our very first broadcast from live from Tasmania. And uh, I'd just like to say hello to David. And uh, I'm in the studio in Hobart. And David, whereabouts are you? Well, greetings, everyone. Happy Monday. Yes, I'm in Tasmania. I'm in, in Devonport. And uh, yes, I, uh, I'm a, I'm a, I keep myself busy here being a father and a, and a husband. Enjoy both of them. And I look after two churches here, uh, in Devonport and Deloraine. Sounds like a busy job, David. It is. And it's fun. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can have some fun with this program as well. And I'm looking forward to spending some time with you. So just for our listeners, uh, you may not be aware, but this is our first uh, program today from Tassie. Exciting times. It is very exciting. We've been planning and preparing for a little while. And uh, we can also, or you can also catch us uh, at 4.30 today as well. It'll be rebroadcast at 4.30. If you want to listen back again or if you want to share with somebody else to catch us at 4.30, you can as well. So Tassie Encounters. Now, with uh, David Leo, he's going to be running a series of topics titled Encounters with Jesus. So, Mm. David, um, just give us a bit of an overview of what you're going to be doing with this program or series of programs that you're going to be presenting titled Encounters with Jesus. Encounters with Jesus, thanks for asking the question. It's going to be based on uh, people, when I read read stories of Jesus uh, having encounters, personal encounters with these different characters in the stories that we told in the Bible, I always have the sense of, Man, that's that's just like me, and and I and you know I, I feel like I'm in a bad place or or a sad place as some of these characters are. And by the end of the story, you feel like you're the, on top of the world. You feel like you're the most special person. That, you're the only person in the world that Jesus is saying, "Hey, I love you and I care for you." And and uh, I, I want to be able to share that type of thought and feeling with our listeners. So yeah. that's uh, I'll be looking at different people in the Bible, and, and I hope that as they listen, they go, "Hey, that's." That's like me. Yeah, yeah. Story, the same thing for me. Stories are powerful, aren't they? Where you Absolutely. know you can relate to them. You can, you almost put yourself in that story, and uh, you oh, can, I do. You can feel, you can feel the emotion when when you listen to it and imagine yes. the the scenario. So, I'm yes. looking forward to uh, to doing this with you, David. Yeah, me too. And uh, just uh, for our listeners, you can contact us and you can uh, interact with us via a uh, mobile number that that you can text to. That number is 0488-880-891. So you can text in at any time. If you send us a message to that number, we will get it. It's uh, a dedicated number for our program, Tassie Encounters. And uh, any time you want to interact, you can do that and we'll, we'll be monitoring that. And we'll, we'll get back to you if you ask a question as well. Um, later in the program, we're actually going to be offering uh, something special, and you can use that number to, uh, mm. to text us in. And there'll be a code word that we give you later in the program. So, David, um, what's your program going to be about today? Today I want to introduce the, the idea of uh, who Jesus is and, and uh, how how amazing it is. So I'm starting at um, John 1, John 1, uh, verses 1 to 3 to bring this idea out. Uh, before I read that, do you mind if I say a prayer? Yeah, um, go for yeah, it, let's, David. Let's say a prayer. Yeah. Father in heaven, we thank you so much 
uh, for Jesus. And as our listeners tune in, I pray, Father, that you can give us this inspiration that we could all learn something awesome about Jesus and what it means to us. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to read from um, what, what this Bible text says, and it says, In the beginning, it's an interesting place to, to start. John 1, verse 1 to 3. In the beginning. In uh, the beginning uh, that, was that, the word. Yeah, that, sorry, uh, sorry, go on, Jason. I was just going to say, there's another chapter of the Bible that starts in the beginning, I believe. <laughs> oh, and yes, you're right. It's, it's, uh, and, and the thing, the great thing about the Jesus stories is he's always making these references to the, uh, you know, to, to things that happened in the past. Yeah. And you're right. It's the very first words in the Bible. Right in the beginning, in Genesis 1 verse 1, it says, In the beginning, God. Yeah. <laughs> in the beginning, God. And, and right. here it is again in, in John again. chapter 1. That's right. So John, John's making us, uh, for those who know the, the, the creation story, he's saying, um, the person I'm about to talk about, I want you to think about creation. Right? And then he says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. Wow. Okay, so... And the thing that I really wanted to stress was this, uh, in the beginning was the word. This John uses this uh, this particular word on purpose. Funny you say that. He uses the word word, right? And um, in, in English, it doesn't quite capture the, the uh, significance of the original uh, Greek, which was the word logos. Okay. And this is where I want to go with the talk today because logos has so many... Um, so many meanings originally in the Greek language. It just it was quite simple. It was word, thought, uh, you know, speech or principle. Something that was, um, you know, something something we just think about. You know, and then Greek philosophy as philosophy came around and people started to reason more. You know, the, um, all these ancient Greek philosophers started to use this word as more of a um, this universal power that humans need to tap into to understand what life is about and to make life better. Okay. So, yeah, so Logos became this, um, I think one of the best ways I can put it is uh, the movie Star Wars. You know, they, they, they talk about this force. Yeah. The force. The force is with you, the force. And so the ancient Greeks, they, they had this con- concept of Logos being this universal power that we need, right? And how do we, how do we tap into that to manifest into our, um, into our lives? So Greek Greek philosophy uh, was, um, I guess, popular in around the time of Jesus, um, oh, and so. and uh, my understanding is Plato. He was a Greek philosopher. I'm glad you mentioned Plato. He's uh, probably the most popular one that we can think of. You know, when we use the word Platonic, you know, we give we give um, credit to to Plato for that for that word. But Plato is one of the the big players in this. And by the time that Plato came around, you know that that Logos concept, he had this idea that Logos is so so high and divine and, uh, you know, we, we had these, we have two parts of the world. You've got this unseen world, which is where Logos is, and then you have this world that we can use all our senses, and he said this is the material world. And um, basically, if you could think of the word beauty, um you can't fathom beauty. That's where Logos is. You can't even think about beauty. But we see manifestations of beauty when we look at a flower. You know, that's, the, that's, a, that's a manifestation of the Logos that we can't see. 
And when it got to Jesus' time, there was all these type of religions and different factions of uh, understanding of religion that 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 Plato understanding got to a point where there was this teaching religion that everything that's high and holy belongs up there. We can never be like that, but we are all uh, anything that's material is dirty. It's not clean, you know. So it became this. Um, there was this idea that anything that was matter um, doesn't matter, <laughs> yeah. and, and everything that is divine and holy that is great. And you can imagine what type of teachings would come from religion. And there, there was um, there's a popular. It's a very various group, but there was a, a group called the Gnostics, and yeah. uh, they oh. they came up with all sorts of ideas. You know, ideas like uh, because our body is um, body is 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 dirty. You know, we, we can do anything we want. You know, debauchery stuff, whatever they can do with it, and then, but it's okay as long as our thoughts are clean and pure. We are still fine. We are morally okay. And that, then there was the other extreme. <laughs> it I, said I we was, have to. Sorry, yeah, sorry I, I, I was just going to say I, I'm not sure how you can separate those two. You know, because you, surely your thoughts are connected with what your body's doing. Anyway, I'll let you keep going. Yeah, well, which is just to touch on that. Um, you know. If you really do enjoy, you know, really enjoy partying and and the, whatever things they got up to, and they got up to some pretty, you know, crazy stuff. If you really enjoy that in the flesh, you know, that could be seen as a divine enjoyment. Oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? That yeah. to to reach pleasure, to reach the climax of pleasure, you're actually entering logos and divinity. Mm. And then you had the absolute opposite side, uh, where. Some said, you know, we've got to discipline this body in order to reach logos. So to you know, to be moral, avoid all that, all that stuff, and um, all those things that people that the, the flesh wants to do. Avoid all that. Discipline the body, and then we can be in a state of logos. And then anything in between. So there was, you know, all all these type of teachings that were happening around the time of Jesus. So were these teachings mostly in the Greek area? Were they um, influencing the, the Jewish uh, religions at the time? Or were they, um, you know, how, how were they distributed around? Is it, was it, uh, you know, I guess the Romans had their own beliefs as well? Man, that's a, that's a great question. Absolutely it influenced the Jews. I mean, they lived in that culture at the time. And uh, there's another philosopher named Philo who was a Jew, and he... Um, he actually introduced this concept to theology. He introduced this idea to, uh, you know, so Christians have huge influence from way back then. Wow. In fact, the whole society, the way our education system is and everything, we can trace that back to, to Plato. So there's a really, even in that time, if, if, was influ- if, there, was, if there was influence there, the influence is still there today. Mm, okay. So that, that, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. But yeah, the whole, the whole, um, Greek philosophy has become a massive thing in our in our world, and when we start fleshing out this logos and we, in our next in our, after the song, I'm really looking forward to it, Jason. <laughs> Good. Well, let's take a break, and uh, our first song is "Ancient of Days." Mm. Rise and fall There is still 
you're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. And today we're speaking with David Leo. Now, David, we've just been talking about this thing called Logos, and you were talking about the visible and the invisible. Can you tell us a bit more about all of that? Yeah, so um, as I was saying with Plato's teachings somehow in the, in the, um, as people took on these teachings they started to associate that whatever's invisible is the divine world and whatever's visible it's the, uh, the world that is corruptible and you know that, that is um, I think I used the word dirty <laughs> That's, yeah, yep. it's just unclean so there's these two worlds and so this word logos um, it's a word that we, we, we mentioned before that when you said in the beginning you know, the Jews knew, oh, that's the, that's the creation story. We know the, the creation story. So this logos has something to do with the creation story. But the word logos is also a word that people that were influenced by the Greek or the Hellenistic culture, they all understood this thing logos as well. Oh, that's the thing that all the ancient Greek philosophers talk about. This is what we discuss in, in our groups. You know, the search for truth and the search for understanding comes from talking with our, uh, sharing our thoughts because our thoughts are pure and we somehow understand Logos. So, so d- just, just David, you mentioned Hellenistic there. Can you just flesh that word out and what that means? Uh, it means people that, uh, you know, that were living in the Greek culture. Okay. Uh, the Greek culture was very influential in, in society, and um, you know, whether you were Greek, uh, whether you were Jew or Roman or wherever you came from, the, Alexander the Great did a good job of making sure that everyone understood things uh, the way they taught it. Okay, so so when John was uh, writing this, was he specifically targeting the Jews, the Hellenistic Jews? That, that's such a good question. You would think so. With those uh, first, with that first, what, what we read in uh, John one verse one to three, but uh, a lot of scholars have noticed that John uses a very common language. The way he uses Greek, it's not a sophisticated type of. Uh, um, Grammar, you know. I mean, when I went to college, my my, my first year of college, I remember they said, um, uh, "Read these books and read these journal articles." And you know what happened, Jason? I read the first journal article and I read through it once, and it took me about an hour. And after an hour of reading, I didn't understand what I was reading so because they, it, it, they write in a whole different type of structure, you know, using language that I'm not familiar with. Sure. Yep. But so, John, but John uses very simple language. So he was really writing to the people of the day so they could I think, understand. I, I believe so. I believe that John was writing so that any anybody that read or heard, they could go, oh, yeah, that's, I understand that. You know, mm. So it wasn't just for the philosoph- philosophizing people. It wasn't just for you know, the professionals. It was for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, he really had a message that he was trying to get through. And this message... <laughs> When you read John 1, verse 14, this is where the, this is where the rubber meets the road, Jason. This yeah. is where it really gets, uh, it blows me away, just reading it again today. The Bible says in verse 14, this concept of the divine, the holy, that no one else could touch. John uses this language and he says, and the word became flesh. And the word became flesh. What he's saying is, the, He's and, doing. Sorry, Jason. And the, the word um, that underlying Greek word is the logos that we're talking about, isn't it? Yeah, the so logos. This is the invisible. The uh, the invisible world. Yeah. yeah. The, the, what is? And he's saying invisible world 
became flesh. In the, in the, in the Greek word, there is sax, which is a very, S-A-R-X, which is a very popular understanding of the material world. Anything in the material world is corruptible. There's nothing, you know, uh, it's, uh, it can never reach the divinity or the, of, of where Logos dwells, right? And then the Bible says, and the word became flesh. Logos became flesh and dwelt and lived with us, the corruptible. Logos became that. And so it enters this idea of an impossibility that cannot happen. All the ancient Greek philosophers, uh, you know, to the point uh, where, where it got to Jesus' time, they had, they had uh, resolved and deduced the fact that the two cannot mix. You know, and uh, even that word, and dwelt among us, the Jews know what that means as well. Because in the old, in the old days where Moses was around, before Jesus even came as a human being, he told Moses, Build me a sanctuary or build me a temple. And it was, it was just made out of canvas. It wasn't an actual building of bricks or mortar or anything like that. And he says, build me a sanctuary that I may dwell with you. So in a way, this is not a new concept, but it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Do you get what I'm saying? It's challenging the concept of the time. It's ch- challenging the concept of the Logos. But in a way, this concept had been th- with the Jews for some time. Right on, Jason. Correct. They had been with him for so long, and now John is saying the time has arrived. Yeah, he's he's here now. He's the the one, the sanctuary, the the creator, the everything that um, you know. All these things are pointing towards this logos that is becoming flesh. And the thing, and the, and the questions that start coming is, um, oh well, you know, is he is he corruptible? You know, is is this logos corruptible now that he's like us? Or is he incorruptible? Or, you know, we start, all these ideas now come through, and John's introducing this idea. Listen, this, the same God that said, build me a sanctuary that I can dwell with you, has now become like us to dwell with us. And so there's this, there's this desperate call from, from God himself that has come as a human being to say, listen, I've come to dwell with you, and the same way I, I asked you to build the sanctuary so that you can come to me, I want you to come to me. Yes, you may be corruptible. Yes, you may uh, have all these things that you do that is that you do in the flesh that is um, that makes you feel bad. You know, to fix your thoughts or to fix your behavior, to fix everything in life, and you do things that is not right. But I'm saying to you, come, come to me, the sanctuary, because I'm the Creator, and the fact is, I love you, and I still want to come into your life. And when you encounter me, <laughs> I'm going to transform you, and. I speak from a place of experience and I've seen, seen it from others and I read the stories in the Bible and this is how good and how awesome Jesus is. It's amazing. Yeah, amen. Yeah. It's, um, I'm just reading that last, uh, last few words of that verse 14. It says, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and, and, and truth. And what you're uh, talking about really describes that. Um, yeah, thanks for pointing that out. I'll just remind our listeners again of that number. That's 0488-880-891. And remember, you can contact us anytime, and we will do our best to get back to you quickly. Um, and remember, later in the program, we will have an offer, which uh, we will give. Um, we'll be able to send something out to you. So listen in for the code word a bit later. Um David, uh, before we take a break, do you have uh, any more to add to that or will we go to a break now? 
Oh, I, I think, yeah, I just want to say Jesus is amazing. Yeah, amen, amen. <laughs> oh, and uh, this next song, Noema Moore. I actually, uh, I talked about college and I knew Noema Moore from my college days. Yeah, now, uh, when you're referring to college, just just tell us what that is because uh, some people may uh, understand college to mean, you know, secondary school, grade oh, 11, 12. Yes. Yeah, um, thanks, so, so what does college mean to you? Well, yeah, four years ago, I graduated from a place called Avondale College and I went there to study to become a pastor. Right. And so, yeah, it's been four years, um, four years at college, uh, Avondale College to to um so that was theological training theological training yes yeah. yep awesome so you were t- you were talking about Naomi uh sorry no- Noema Noema <laughs> yeah and uh you you got to know Noema oh yes I'm I'm her brother I studied with her brother right um, and awesome. we got to know each- yeah we, we we know each other really really well and um Noema is a very talented musician she um she started this choir with these kids, and <laughs> these kids have grown, and they're, they're amazing singers. They're just uh, her music is is fantastic. It's, praise the Lord! It's a real gift. Well, we're going to have a listen to one of her songs now, and it's titled "What the World Needs." Oh 
suffering will end, the pain will cease, and healing abounds in His love and arms. Come to Him, all who are weary, rest you will find in Him. Set aside all traces of pride, choose Him today, hope comes in. Once again, you're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. So, David, uh, we've been talking about how the Word became flesh. Well, that was the text or the logos, and and the uh, what was the other the the other word that uh, is you you referred to it as the dirty flesh sort of uh, were becoming merged mm. together here and. Uh, We've got more to say about this, so um, let's let's continue the discussion. Yes. Okay. So that song was so appropriate. What the world needs, you know. Um, that that's that's where we that's where I want to go into now because, you know, what what we need most is somebody that can relate to us. You know what I mean, Jason? When you've got friends that understand, you know, when you talk about, oh, look, um, I fell over and. And you know, broke my knee, and now I've got to get it fixed. And somebody else that's had that same experience. Hey, listen, Jason, I've been through that myself. Yeah, expect this. You know, so you can relate really well to those people. And it's, I, it's, I still remember. Sorry, what did it, you say? it's nice when uh, when somebody listens. You know, when you've got oh. when you've got something you're going through that you're struggling with. But it's even better when somebody has actually experienced something similar themselves. You, yeah. you sort of you sort of you sort of know that they they get where you're coming from. They get you. Yeah. yeah, they get you, and it, and it, and uh, um, what's even more, uh, you know, when you feel really special is when they don't just listen, but they do something to help you with that situation. You know, that's a, that's yeah. going to another another level in the relationship. And I I I, uh, I remember when I had my first child, um, and he was born, and and they said, you know, that we we'd been told that the first feed on, on mum is the most important feed, and so. When he was born, the the nurse uh, tried to do this immediately. Try to get my son to uh, get his first feed, and we're having issues. You know, it was um, it just he just wouldn't lock on and and uh, wouldn't get his feed, and they were trying all sorts of things to. Or she was trying different different ways to to make it happen. To the point, she got frustrated and was being quite rough. And my my wife, 
she was tired, she was exhausted, and she could hardly you know, let out a word. And I just saw this this contrast of this nurse being frustrated and handling my baby quite rough as well. And um, I think I got I got a bit upset. And I said, oh, well, yeah, I was upset. I said, uh, hey, listen, um, I just want to ask you a quick question. Are you a mother? And she turned around, she says, no. I said, well, can you get a nurse that is a mum, please? Yeah. And so she left and um, a nurse came back, you know, and sure enough, you know, she was gentle. She spoke in these gentle uh, terms. She stroked my, my, my wife's hair, you know, like just comforting her. And I thought, wow, what a difference. What a difference it is when, you know, somebody else that's been through that can handle their situation. And I mention this because, as Noema said in her song, uh, what the world needs. You know, the world back then, the world since the beginning, we've needed someone somebody that is absolutely pure that has uh, morals that cares and loves us and what we find here in this passage is God who created us from the beginning he comes and gives us what exactly what we need and then and and this Jesus in human as a human he understands the human feelings the human thoughts um uh, the, the way we the way we plan things, the way we say things, you know, he comes as this Jesus, but he's a divine. Yeah. He's so, the, so Jesus the being the Logos, he, he's, he's God himself, but he's also human. Yeah. And that's yeah. a, it's a difficult concept for us to really get our heads around, isn't it? Uh, exactly. Uh, yeah. When it says grace and truth, you know, that this Logos that is pure, what, what business do we have being around someone that that's, yeah, that pure. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like that. And and this person saying, "Hey, come, I actually want you to be with me." Yeah, I want you. I want you. In fact, he's saying, "I want you back." <laughs> you know. You, oh. so you're going to say something, Jason? No, no. You you go on, David. <laughs> yeah. So what we what we have here then is um, we have Logos walking around. Uh, it's no longer no longer a stationary. Uh, Building, you know, it's it's uh, Jesus going around and having and talking to different people and reaching out to different people. He's now preaching and speaking, and in the future programs, this this is where I want to go. I want to start isolating these different situations and these different thoughts. And you start to, well, we start to as we as we listen to these stories, we start to see this. Wow, that's what um, that's what logos. That's that's what, that's what God, the divine looks like and you, you you can you these words pierce your heart and you start to realize man wow this god will go out of his way to put on human flesh in order for us to go you you understand us and he can say yes i do understand you and i still want you because we we'll, we we don't understand the logos we don't understand what it's like to be divine we don't know what that's like but he says come you know there's um i'm the same god that was there in the beginning I'm the same, that's, that's still me. I'm still the same God. I'm the one that created. I'm the one that looks after your life and gives you breath. And uh, but he's also he's also experienced that human uh, that life that we also experience. So he's he's got first hand experience. Yeah, it's a, and it's a strange. Like you said, it's hard to comprehend, right? That uh, logos could be hungry. Yeah, yeah. logos could um, could feel compassion. That it's, it, it's uh, this. This is this is where um, we start. The, and the hard, the hard part to believe is really me. 
you you want you want me to be with you and uh, I use the example of um there's you know, I want to talk about uh somebody like uh like Michael Jordan I'm pretty sure everyone knows who Michael Jordan is yes yeah, um he's a retired basketball player but he's a legend but you you imagine if uh you're one of his kids right you're one of his kids but everyone everyone says oh man he's amazing he's an amazing basketball player he just he plays at a different level and whatnot but one of the kids you know this this child goes with his father uh, with the father everywhere you know he knows he knows who he is he knows the way he speaks he knows his mannerisms at the dinner table um and knows what it's like to play with him you know wrestle with him and things like that but to everyone else he's amazing right and this is this is where um we 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 get to know God. God is amazing. He is high and holy, and everything that we know Him to be is as as we understand. And then Logos becoming Sarks, He says, "Yeah, but um, I want you to be my child." And then we have to hold on to the fact. We have to try and somehow believe. Oh, I am. It, it, you're you're the amazing God, but you want me to? I can spend that time with you. I can be with you, and, and you love me that way. And Jesus says, "Yes, <laughs> yeah, I, I I do, you know." And and that's where the struggle comes when you start. We start thinking, "I'm not worthy of this because of my flesh." My yeah. flesh tells me that I'm still having these bad habits. I still struggle with this, and I have bad relationships, and I, you know, I I, I don't like myself, and so I don't I don't deserve, you know, to be there. And and we're right, we don't deserve to be there. But when Jesus says, "Come." I want to be with you. Well, you got to make a decision. You know, and that decision, whoa, that's where the wrestling begins, as you said. Yeah. Sorry, Jason, you're going to say something. Um, I was, but my, uh, my, my thoughts have gone now, so <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you go on. Yeah. But, uh, so, so that's, that's the, um, that's the amazing thing here in this passage. I wanted to bring this thought. And if any, if any listeners are thinking, man, that's a, that's a tough thing to, to try and think about. Yes. You're on the right track. And this is what we do as as believers. We we struggle we struggle with these thoughts, and it's it's called faith. You know that that um, that Jesus would love us this much with the grace and truth that He has, that He would come as a human, just so that we can have something to to grasp onto and realize, ah, oh, He understands me, He knows me, and and He loves me. Yeah, I think oh, so. I think that really demonstrates how much God is wanting to reconnect with us. Absolutely. Absolutely. That that he was, you know, he became one of us so that we can be connected in a, in a, in a way that we can understand because he became human. He became flesh as, as it says here. That's right. That's right. And uh, if there's anything that, um, that I, I, I really enjoy because, you know, I give um, I give a lot of credit to people that shared with me, <laughs> try to demonstrate who Jesus is, and uh, you know when that when that finally clicked, when there was finally that moment where I where I where I hung on by faith and said, "Wow, I am loved," and I I accepted the invitation and came to Jesus. I get really excited when I'm sharing it with somebody, and they say. Oh, that makes sense. Or I can I can relate to that, David. I resonate with what you're saying. And I'm thinking, yes, this is the this is part of the ministry that Jesus uh, that Jesus is. You know, he came to do the same thing, and I get excited when I can be part of that now. That yeah. p- 
people go, yeah, that, yeah, I, I, I can, I can see that. I am, I am worthy because Jesus loves me. It's like yes, yes, that's that's it, you know. And uh, when when it, um, and then we're going to discuss very soon. But uh, for anyone that that is in that place of, you know what? But could he? He could have been just a man. It, probably, probably not God. That's a very popular understanding. A it very is. popular understanding yeah. is, uh, you know, Jesus in history is just a he was just a, a good guy, a really good leader. You know, he just happened to start this huge movement. And um, this is why I was saying it's a hard, well, you said, Jason, it's a hard thing to grasp. And yes, indeed it is. And I, my encouragement is spend some more time in that place of, of grasping it because you want to discover some amazing things about Jesus and about yourself too. Yeah, awesome. Well, we're going to go to a break again, and uh, I really love this song by Torrin Wells. It's called mm-hmm. Known, and uh, there's some lyrics in there that says, I'm fully known and loved by you, and uh, I think they're very powerful words, mm-hmm. and they relate to what we're talking about here. So let's have a listen to this song. Why you give me so much? I'm falling. 
to Tassie Encounters and uh, on Faith FM and our program today is actually titled Encounters with Jesus and we're talking with David Leo. Mm. Now just before the break, David, we were talking about some people say Jesus was a good man. He wasn't God, but he was a good man. In fact, many say that uh, they acknowledge Jesus and, and the fact that he existed, but he was just a good man. What do mm. you say? Well, yes, uh, this is, um, I suppose the point here is if John claims that this is Logos in the flesh, uh, Jesus actually made those claims too. Not not exactly using the specific words, but um, in the Bible he said that he's equal with God. You know, he made he says that he's uh, he's able to give and take away life. That's, that's a huge thing to say, right? And... Um, he says that he's the Messiah. He says he has the power to forgive sin. Who can you know? Who can forgive? We're talking about forgiving sins. All those things that we do that, that we think wrong and we do wrong and we, we we feel we're wrong. We feel guilty for something that we don't even know what we're guilty about. Jesus says, "Hey, I can I can help you with that. I can, I'm actually I actually have the power to forgive your sin." And then he says, "There's, there's a popular um, uh, verse amongst Christians in John fourteen six. He says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life.'" Very exclusive, you know. It doesn't leave room for any anything else. It's just he says, "I am the," you know. That, yeah. that uh, and not, there's a little an bit that follows that, isn't it? That uh, no one comes to the comes Father to except God. by me. That's right, and that's another claim he makes. Makes he literally says in that same chapter in John 14, he says, um, "I'm the revelation of God. I am God in the flesh." Yeah, you know, and so we're left with. If he's making those claims, then that's some pretty bold claims. It's bold claim. I mean, <laughs> if if you want to if you want to bring it closer to home, um, you know, if, if somebody just walked into the walked into your, your your house one day, knocked on your door, and, and said to you, "Hey, listen, I am um, I am the the new prime minister of of the country, yep. and um, you know, I've come to." Uh, make you immune from all the policies. You don't have to follow them. You know, you can just do whatever you want. That's you know, uh, you'll look at this guy and get, and you'll have to make some deductions, wouldn't wouldn't you? You would. You know? Yeah. And and uh, there's a guy named C.S. Lewis. And C.S. Lewis, he's uh, if you've heard of the book The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, or Narnia. Yes. Uh, C.S. Lewis, he's he's uh, um, he's the author of this, and he wasn't always a Christian. He wasn't always a Christian this time, but he has this thing called the uh, trilennial dilemma, the trilennial dilemma. And he says, um, with Jesus, Jesus, the claims that he made, we only have three options, right? The first option is he must be a lunatic, must be crazy to say the things that he's saying. Yep. Because Jesus made some, like you said, Jesus made some bold claims, and if if somebody rocked up today and started making those claims, you would think they were crazy. Absolutely, you know you you'd. Uh, that's right, and you know our, our um, you know our ancient Greek philosophers, if they taught us one thing, they you know they'll say, "Oh, I've got to find some evidence. I've got to reason. I've got to work out, you know, whether this is true or not." You know, so the first the, the first thing I suppose if we want to blow blow it off is that now nah, this person's crazy, and you know, with, I don't know about you. Um, 
I don't know about you, Jason, but I've met some crazy people in my life. You know, I've walked on the street where somebody's come up to me and, and said, hey, um, you know, like, uh, remember me? You know, I, uh, I was your friend from blah, blah, blah. And I, I don't know this person from Bar of Soap. Yeah. You know, and then um, they say, yeah, you got spare $20 there that I could. There is this, is, yeah, this is agenda. But I've, I've met some crazy people, people that don't seem to. Um, um, to, to make sense. To make sense, yeah. you know? Um, mm. I, I remember, <laughs> I remember in, in Hobart when we were doing some, um, uh, we're, we're feeding the homeless, and uh, this woman came. She didn't, she didn't want any food. She just wanted to chat, and she started chatting to me, and I, and she started talking about how she was involved in the Linda Chamberlain thing, and I thought, wow, that's amazing. And then she jumped into, um, you know, being involved with ASIO and, and some of the investigations they're doing. And then it went further and further till she was involved in global espionage. Mm. You know, and then, you know, finally my, my brain went, I don't think she's telling the truth. Mm. <laughs> yeah. and, and you can imagine, you can imagine that uh, people would have been thinking some of these things about Jesus as he, as he made more and more claims. That's right. That's yeah. right. And so the next, so the first option is he's either crazy or, or lunatic. The second option is he's lying. Yeah. You know? So with these claims that he's, he's talking about, oh, is, is this the truth? Or So in other he, words, he's a, he's a con man. He's, he's the he's world's con greatest man. con man. <laughs> That's right. And, um, you know, I, I have spoken to people and they have made these deductions. They've come to these deductions that um, uh, he was psychologically uh, troubled, you know, and then uh, and then the other, the other one is, no, he, he wasn't, he wasn't who he said he was. He was just a good man, but he wasn't. He wasn't Logos. He wasn't God. Mm. You know, he wasn't God in the flesh that, that we're talking about. But the last one, the last one is the hardest decision to make. I believe it's the hardest decision to make because we have to try and believe that he is grace and truth. And the last one is accepting that he is who he says he is, and he's telling the truth that he is the Lord that he claims to be. Mm. And. Uh, why would that be the hardest decision to make you reckon Jason well I guess uh, if we if we have to come to terms with that then um, it means we have to accept all the the things that he said and uh, you know mm. he, he, he calls us to come and follow why right on Jason it's, that that creates a challenge for us it, and you're, you're right on the ball there you know when somebody gives you an invitation that's uh, beyond comprehension, beyond this world, and says, I want you to be, be mine. I want you to be my child. You know, despite, despite your thoughts and your feelings about yourself, I want you to be my child. And that's a difficult place to be. You know, a um, long time ago, I, one thing I didn't mention, I love playing the guitar. And I have a friend, we played, um, we played uh, Capture the Flag. You know that game, Jason? Yes. Yep. We we're, were playing Capture the Flag in the dark. And we were out out in a camp, and I stupidly put my my guitar um, next to my tent. And during the game, because it was really dark, during the game I heard this loud snap and a twang. And uh, my friend, my friend Darren, came to me, and he had this broken guitar in his hand, and he was apologetic. He said, "I'm so sorry that this happened," and I was I was really sad too. That was my first guitar, but. We just seemed to have lost. I went to help him uh, move house and. Sorry, David, your audio just cut out for a moment there. <clears throat> oh, okay. you're back now, though. <laughs> oh, good, good. I hope I hope they heard the um, 
the main part. But anyway, my friend, he came not long, uh, long after that and uh, he bought me this new guitar, a new guitar. My, my first one was a second-hand guitar and, and it was a new uh, guitar cover. And um, my first reaction was, no, I can't take this. This <laughs> is too special. And yeah. they're like, you must have spent a lot of money on this. He said, don't worry about the money. Don't worry about any of that. I want you to keep this guitar, but you know, you got to promise me that you're going to use it to to do ministry. I thought, man, you know, and, and that was such a such a beautiful guitar, you know. Yeah. And uh, and I did. I kept the promise, and I. Um, but that that feeling, that thought of, I don't deserve this. You did that for me. You really, you know. And it takes a lot to actually accept it. That moment of, okay, this is mine now. You know, when Jesus says that to every single one of us, I am God in the flesh. I make this invitation to you, despite what you've done in the flesh, despite who you are in the flesh, despite whatever troubles and issues you're having right now, I want you. I want you to be with me and to experience what it means to be a child. So I guess that's I guess that's the main takeaway for our program today, David, as we as we need to wrap up. But um that would you say that's the main takeaway? Absolutely. Yeah. That um, have faith that Logos came in the flesh, and he's in grace and truth, and he reaches out to you today and says, "What about you? Yeah. Who do you say I am? Do you believe that I'm Logos in flesh? If you accept, <laughs> if you accept that, then accept the claims and accept uh, the fact that you are loved right now. This this time that we're living in right now." Jesus speaking to you into your heart. And accept that invitation that he's, that he's uh, offering to us. Absolutely. Now, um, that uh, code word that we mentioned earlier is Logos number one. So it's L-O-G-O-S number one. And if you text that to 0488-880-891, we will send you a special little book that's called Real Peace, Real Answers. And... Uh, if you haven't uh, interacted with us before, it'll ask for your details and uh, so that we can actually get that to you as soon yeah. as possible. Now, David, what's coming up uh, on your next program, which is next Monday? Okay, we're going to look at uh, John chapter 2, and we're going to look at this miracle of t- t- turning water to wine. And the, the whole point of that is introducing the I- idea that Jesus is coming uh, to replace everything that they've learned before basically what Logos in the flesh looks like when it starts to, John introduces his idea, this is what it looks like now that he's that he's here. He's starting his amazing work. So we're going to look at John 2 at the wedding, turning water to wine. And uh, we invite you to join us tomorrow with Gary Webster, Lifetime Search. We hope you can join us at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning or mm. uh, 4.30 in the afternoon as we rebroadcast. We'll... Hopefully you'll uh, you'll connect with us then, and we look forward to that time. Thanks, David. Blessings. Thank you. In the morning, when I rise. In the morning, when I rise. In the morning, when I rise, give me Jesus, give me Jesus.